heard the call to build your small business? Make it happen with a .NET domain name, the place for dreamers for 30 years and counting. Visit keepdreamingup.net for tips and advice. Whether you're just getting started or looking to grow, that's keepdreamingup.net. Hello and welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Meddahl. Honored to be with you. And this is episode one of a show that will tackle the very best in women's basketball, whether it's players, coaches, media, or the greatest historical figures of the game. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter by going to at LockedOnWBB. You can follow us on Facebook by liking Locked On Women's Basketball. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And, of course, you can reach us at LockedOnWBB at gmail.com. would urge you to like us on iTunes and go ahead and subscribe to us as well. Our first episode is a wide-ranging conversation with Kelsey Plum, the star guard for University of Washington. Of course, Kelsey needs no introduction, but in case you need one, Kelsey led her team to the Final Four last year, virtually a one-woman show at times, but also had some terrific teammates that helped her get there. Uh, many of them are back, and she has an opportunity under Coach Mike Neighbors to make some real noise here in her senior season. Uh, ESPN had a preseason ranking of players, ranked her number six. Uh, we'll get into that later this week in a separate conversation, but uh, frankly, I see that as a little bit low. Uh, but obviously, it's a tremendous, exciting opportunity to talk to her ahead of what is sure to be a historic senior season for Kelsey Plum and University of Washington. Kelsey had a lot to say both about her basketball journey and also about the fact that in reality, someone like Kelsey Plum, someone who plays at her level on the men's side, needs to do nothing more to become a household name. But Kelsey understands that given where women's sports are today, uh, there's a little bit of effort that goes into branding Kelsey as a person to go along with her tremendous work on the basketball court. Anyway, I'm going to turn it over to our interview now uh, with Kelsey Plum. Thank you so much for your time and hope you enjoy the interview. Well, locked on women's basketball. I'm joined here by Kelsey Plum, University of Washington. Kelsey, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. I'd like to start by talking about just your earliest memories of playing basketball and, you know, the times playing pickup with your dad. You know, what, what that experience was like and what you think about when you sort of close your eyes and think back to that time. When I think back, it's just nothing but happy memories. Um, like you said, I would always go play pickup with my dad um, at LA Fitness um, by my house and a lot of times it would be all grown men and I'd be the last one picked and have to figure out a way to stay on the court. But, um, you know, as time got went on, I was able to, you know, build more confidence and get better. And eventually um, I got to pick the team. I mean, do you think it's that desire to be the underdog that sort of led you to University of Washington to doing something, you know, to charting a different path, let's say, than, you know, what a player of your pedigree could have done coming out of high school? I do. I think that um, because I was an underdog and because um, that's always just kind of been my mentality, a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. When I uh, when I did end up choosing a school, it was something that I could try to help build. Um, you know, women's basketball, and no fault of anyone's, but I think a lot of kids um, are scared to make that leap of faith, and it can be hard. And um, there's times that it was difficult for me, but it was definitely a great decision. It seems like there's a greater spreading out of talent than there was in the past? I mean, whether that's the fact that you see something like three new teams in the 
Final Four, you know, or just really across across the country, that there are more teams that have a chance to contend uh, on an annual basis. What do you think that is? And it seems like you're you're almost at the vanguard of that as trying to help make that happen. What is it about women's college basketball specifically that is seeing that change at this time? Do you think? Um, I think there's multiple factors. I think that recruiting has gotten better. Um, coaches are getting. Um, being able to recruit across the country with social media and stuff and so just because a kid from California can't go to play in New York or whatever the case may be I think recruiting is getting better I also think that um, players are developing their games more um, you know there is uh, especially this year and uh, I think that's something that's very excited that has kind of women's basketball stirring a little bit because mm -hmm. you know every preseason poll is different and I don't think in the past at least from the top 10 standpoint you haven't seen that and so um, it's exciting and we're we're excited to kick it off what did it mean to you to have uh, a number seven seed on you going into that NCAA tournament how much of that focused you as motivation when it came to going to make the run you did I really enjoyed the seven seed I think because there was no expectation um, you know we played a really good Penn team out of the gates um, that was a tough win for us um, and then we played Maryland at Maryland and it was almost so much more fun that way because there was no expectations no one picked us um, we were 0.02% chance of making it to the final four and uh, that was just something that um, we kind of owned throughout mm -hmm. the tournament and you know we had to play Kentucky in Kentucky we had to play Stanford and so we didn't have an easy road but we enjoyed our journey take me through the feeling when you're taking over that game and you're just silencing the crowd at College Park <laughs> you know um, it was almost one of those games where you don't realize it's happening until almost later. Um, I had to go back and watch because there were plays that I didn't even remember happened. Um, we were so focused and so locked in within the flow of the game um, that that game went by like that. And then after it was done, we were like, oh my gosh, maybe we should celebrate. <laughs> we all looked at each other after the buzzer and was like, wait, is it really over? <laughs> <laughs> and, and then to continue that run forward, I mean, what was... Get into the final four something that you had in your mind is happening that quickly? Did you think by junior year that was that was a reasonable goal for you or did that exceed sort of your game plan for yourself? You know, when I first got to Washington I said that that would happen. Um, and then being so naive you have no idea how much it's not even how good you are, it's how lucky you have to be, uh, everyone's healthy, playing at the right time, people making shots. Um, it's just like a whole factor of things coming together. Um, after the fact, I'm looking at it now and I'm still, I still shake my head sometimes because um, it was like the perfect storm. And um, I think that's why we love sports because anything can happen. You have spoken about your admiration for Diana Taurasi, and I see a lot of parallels between the game that you have and the game that she has. Do you, um, when you're out there on the court, think of yourself in those terms? Do you think of it as, this is my game to win, the way she's often talked about doing? You know, I do. I, I think if you want to be known as a great player, um, you have to play with a certain confidence level, and um, that comes from putting a lot of extra time in. and. Uh, you know your teammates feeling confident in you and your coaches and um, I definitely like to play with um, a chip on my shoulder and you know she she talks a lot more than I talk I don't talk as much as uh, she does but um, 
I definitely watch her growing up. I love her fire, and it's something I try to emulate when I play. Is that part of what gets you to success at the next level? Is you know she was absolutely a scorer, but a distributor at the same time. And how do you, as a player who's relied on for so much of your team's offense, go about striking that balance in your mind, just even on a play-to-play -play basis? Yeah, it's a it's it's a tough transition, and it's just um, it's a constant battle every day because. You know, they said like the three W's of a point guard, uh, when to score and like who to give it to and where. I think that um, as I continue to grow and, you know, play at the next level eventually, I think that that's going to be a battle that I'll have to deal with. But, um, you know, I think that tournament run happened because I was able to help get my teammates involved and my teammates played great. And so um, knowing that you can't do it by yourself and that uh, you need people surrounded by you to play well, to win big games. Um, that Knowing that experience will help me, I think, in the future. It's just going to be it's gonna be fun, though. It's going to be a journey that I'll thoroughly enjoy. How much of a challenge was this year making the decision to come back as opposed to take the next level right now? I mean, you, you, you know, I talked to people around the league. You'd have been a very high draft pick if you had gone into the draft. You know, what was that experience like? Who did you talk to? Did you talk to players who were in the league? And, you know, how did you come to that decision? You know, I didn't talk to anyone. Um, I knew I was coming back the whole time. I know I was old enough to leave, um, and I did joke around with my coach a little bit, just make him feel some little bit of anxiety. <laughs> but um, I, I wanted to stay. I want to get my degree. Um, I want to enjoy one more year with my teammates. You know, there's nothing like college basketball, mm -hmm. and so to be able to play all four years, that's something that I want to do. What would you be doing if not basketball? What would what would be what would be your next step after college? You know, if I wasn't playing basketball, I'd try to play sand volleyball. <laughs> and what about if not volleyball? I know you. I know you come from a family of athletes, but yeah. is is, what, is there a profession that speaks to you outside of the games? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually would like to be a broadcaster for ESPN. But that technically is with sports. That, that, is, that is very true. Well, I, I, won't, I won't force you out of the sports okay. realm entirely. That doesn't seem reasonable. This year, you talked about the lack of expectations from being the seventh seed. How different is it when you've made it to the Final Four? And do you think in terms of now you have to exceed that? Now will anything short of a national championship be satisfying to you? Um, you know, I... It's tough because we've always kind of been that underdog, um, and now we have a little bit more of an expectation on our back. However, I think that you can't worry about outside stuff like that. You take it one game at a time, one day at a time, continue to get better. Um, and as a team, I think we worry about that when we come to it. You know, we have a lot of time between now and the NCAA tournament, and so we need to be prepared for our preseason and then eventually our conference play. And then when we get to the tournament, we'll deal with it then. But you know what? Um, we're just excited for the challenge, and to be honest, I, I welcome it. It's a personal outrage of mine that your defense is not given the credit that it deserves. Uh, your steals have gone up every single year. Do you have a goal in mind? You were 2.3 per game last year. Would you like three steals a game? Is, and, and, and how do you feel like your defensive evolution has happened? You know, I... Uh, I appreciate that, first of all. One, two, um, you know, I think we played a lot of zone uh, last year. I don't know how much zone we'll play this year, so that might give me a little bit more opportunity to get some um, more steals playing man-to-man, -man. but I, uh, I definitely have worked on my defense. It's been an emphasis in my game. I know that um, at the next level it's going to be something that they look at, and, um, you know, as a point guard, you have to lead on offense. You also have to lead on defense. Um, 
I don't pay attention too much to the statistics, mm-hmm. so I can't really tell you like three something steals a game, but um, definitely being more of a hawk on the ball is something that uh, you'll see this year. As far as the WNBA goes, how in tune to the league are you just even on a day-to-day basis? And, you know, how often do you allow yourself to think about how your game translates at that level? I'm extremely in tune. I watch as many games as I possibly can. I keep up. Um, I have a lot of friends that play, and so I, I'll screenshot their stuff. I'll text it to them. Um, I'm very in tune. That's something that I obviously definitely want to do. Um, I think... To be honest, um, if I'm willing, and I am, if I, to put in the work and get better and grow my game, I can translate at the next level. I believe that full, full heartedly. And seeing Brianna Stewart not only make it, to, you know, come to the next level, but mm-hmm. to essentially every aspect of her game translated immediately. Do you see yourself as someone who can start right away? Someone who can be that impact player the way she was, the way Diana was when she got there? And is that, uh, you know, is that a career goal for you? You know, um, I don't think pay attention, paying attention to starting necessarily um, and statistics, but. Bree's a little different, that is true. That <laughs> so is true. I'm gonna go a start with game. that. Yeah. Um, well, let's let's say let's say Sue, someone like Sue, yeah, came in right away. It all depends on the fit and the opportunity. You know, it depends. If, if I got drafted to Seattle, I'm not gonna start over Sue. You know, but if I got drafted to a team that needed a point guard or needed a guard, um, I'm when I reach that uh, next level, I think I'm going into it with like an open mind, open heart. You know, whatever coach wants and needs for me, whatever role that is, I'll be willing to fill. And just even this end of things on the media side, you talked about going into broadcast and you obviously, you know, have a presence, you know, on mic. Do you think that that is a part of what you need to be now and at the next level, just given where women's sports is right now and where it's going? Do you think that that's sort of an aspect of self-promotion that is necessary to grow the game? Absolutely. I think women need to be um, put in the spotlight more, and I think that um, we could do a better job of uh, having a little bit more personality and fun out there. I think that when I try to take part in media stuff, even like today or right now, I try to voice my um, opinion and not be so cookie cutter in how I answer things. You know, this is uh, this is me, and definitely um, I think what makes you special is your personality and the way you're able to reach different people and different perspectives. So if I can help do that and grow the game, I think that's a responsibility that I have. Who do you see doing that particularly well? I mean, you look at someone like Skylar Dickens who has uh, a huge Twitter presence. Who, who else? Who sticks out to you as sort of a, a model for the way you can grow the game on that end? I think Sue Bird has done a phenomenal job, especially in like the community that, you know, because I, I live in Seattle and get to see her impact um, on basketball there. And just in women in sports, you know, she's so well-respected. Um, Diana as well, but I think Maya Moore in the WNBA playoffs um, had a lot of people kind of step back and say, wow, what a what an amazing athlete, woman, um, and just the way she conducted herself, handled herself. I know that they lost, um, but just her, her demeanor, um, I think opened a lot of people's eyes to, wow, um, Women's sports is pretty cool. And, and no fault of, I mean, 23 and 11 in game five. So she you, she accounted for herself pretty well. Can you take me through what it feels like to be you in the second half of a game where you've read the defense, where you've started to take over? Uh, what it, What is that like emotionally, intellectually? You know, what does that feel like to be in control of a basketball game like that? 
That's a great question. Um, to be in control of a basketball game, you know, I think that you're thinking a lot more uh, precision or precise. So when I say that, you know, say it's the second half, third quarter, five minutes left in the game, um, the other team just went on a run, they're coming back, we're only up three. You know, I know. I know that I got to get Chantel involved in the post. I know that I got to get us either to the free throw line or a good shot, whether that's an open three kick out on my part to somebody else, or like I said, getting Chantel the ball in a, in a position that she can score. And then on the defensive end, getting a stop. I know that coming down, they're going to set it all on ball screen. I got to get over that. I got to figure out the post they can get back. I got to grab this rebound because someone else is in a. So I think that you don't necessarily think you're taking over, but you're just you're trying to win every possession, whether that's offensive or defensively. Um, that's something that you're always talking to yourself, you're always in tune, you're always checking, your head's on a swivel, um, and then leading. I think that's the way you take over a game. You lead your team offensively and defensively, and in the end, you just got to win it. And do you know? Do you do you even when it's so individualized like that, mm -hmm. possession by possession? Do you do you know? Do you you know like well, I I I did what I needed to do in that possession. I did what I do in that. Does it feel collective? It does feel collective. I think that um, you know, for a game, I'm always going with the game plan as a team and as an individual. So I know that. The last four minutes of every quarter, those are my four minutes. The first four minutes are more to set up everyone else, get things going. Obviously, if I'm, you know, open or I can create, I'm going to do that. But I definitely try to manage more in the last four minutes. And then especially in the fourth quarter, that's when I uh, turn on the gas and, mm -hmm. you know, put the throttle pedal to the middle all the way. <laughs> oh, it's such a pleasure to watch. I, so, obviously, you've always struggled with your free throw shooting, and only making 145 in a row is obviously <laughs> a real problem spot for you. Yeah. Is that is that the most you've ever made in a row? Is that just That's just the most I've ever made in a row on camera. Um, there's been times where I've been by myself, um, and I've just stopped counting. But um, that was actually very funny. The video went viral. Coach, Coach brought the drum line down so it was it was a little great little event i mean isn't that part of what we were talking about? that you know it's creating those viral moments to help bring attention i mean is it was that in your mind or is that just something you know look this is what happened um i think that's what was in his mind um and he was smart about that because i after the fact i i realized i was like coach why would you post that like that's it kind of sounds a little arrogant, you know, and I don't try to come across like that. And so when he did that, he's like, no, Kelsey, this is really good for basketball. And I step back, it's okay. I can see that now. Um, but I think that it, those things are really cool. When people make half-court shots or juju dance or whatever the case may be, I think it is really cool to grow the game in that way. Leaving aside sort of the big picture of that, do you feel a certain responsibility for West Coast basketball? You know, just as someone, you know, product of the West, you know, is now at the Pac-12 where it seems like it seems like the conference is having a moment. Yes. You know, do you do you feel that responsibility, and do you think there's a greater understanding of how good the basketball is in the region because of you? I do believe that it's a responsibility that I take on personally. Um, you know, any time we're on a chance to play in an ESPN game or on national TV in the tournament, um, it's just another opportunity to show people that we can play. Mm -hmm. And I think that there is a bias, and for good reason. We Pac-12 basketball has not been good, and you know Stanford's been at the top, and it's been everyone else. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, as the years have gone by, last year people performed at a high level in the Pac-12, went far in the tournament. This year as well, I think 
could do similar things. And so I think that, um, you know, as a leader, as a leader of a, the conference, um, you know, and I got to put a face to it. And I, I think that it is a responsibility, but I, I like it. And I, I think that um, when people see it, I think that they like it too. Taking you back to the the national semifinals last year, I mean, it was such frustration. I know, even at the time, how did you get over it? Did you go back and watch the tape? You know, what what was that process like for you? I went back and watched it, and then put it to rest. Um, you know, I think that I was I had a lot of salt in the womb from that game, but st stepped back a little bit later and looked at the big picture and realized, you know, it's not necessarily about that. It was about the the whole journey right. and the journey with everyone. Um, it was tough. A tough way to lose. Tough way to lose on national TV. Um, not playing well personally, and I, I think that um, it was hard for me to swallow. But I'm I'm over it. I am over it. And it's a new season, and it's a new time to prove new things. And this year, if it's anything other than a national championship, are you satisfied? I don't think necessarily that I'm going to be satisfied by a national championship or not I think I'm going to be more satisfied by um, at the end of the at the end of the day whatever game that is the last one that I play in along with Chantel and Katie um, that the three of us as seniors um, are proud of what we left at Washington the legacy and um, you know my teammates felt good about the season um, I think it's tough because I think putting that at a that's a great question I, I personally obviously probably would be dissatisfied but in the big picture no no that makes sense yeah. you I, this is sort of a strange question to ask because you kind of do it all already but is there something new that we should be expecting or surprised by in your game this year I do think that you should see some new things um, I've improved my range on my shot um, wait what <laughs> yeah, improve my range on my shot, and um, defensively on the rebound aspect, I'm definitely trying to get in there and help Chantel a lot more. Um, I, I have to go back to the range. You, you could shoot the ball from anywhere last year. What? What? But not as consistent. So when so I so what from 35 feet consistently now? Like what? What, what do you view as your range? We'll see. We'll see. But I okay. definitely have um, been working on my range consistently in transition, coming off screens, um, coming off pick and rolls. Just sharpening everything. I think I've been good at things, but I want to be really good at things. Mm -hmm. and, and is it, so in other words, it's where and how you're getting those shots rather than... And just okay. more efficient. Um, you know, there are times where I was efficient and times where I weren't as efficient. Mm -hmm. So being more consistently efficient, mm -hmm. I think, will in tune also be um, something that I've improved on. And then you were talking about the defensive boards. Is that just more a question of making the choice to crash, making the choice to drop back? I mean... It is, but I think it has a lot to do with um, how in shape you are. You know, I've changed my diet. Um, I'm in the best shape that I've been in. Um, and I think that I stayed in Seattle. I trained really hard this summer. And so when you do that, I think you have a little bit more energy to get up maybe two two or three more rebounds, that type of thing. What, what did you cut out? What was the hardest thing to cut out? Dairy. Okay. Mm -hmm. So just, are you strict vegan now? or what no, was? No, like once in a while I'll cheat, but... Um, just no processed foods, mm -hmm. 
No soda, no candy, no ice cream, uh, no cheese, no pasta, no bread, stuff like that. Pretty boring Halloween is what you're saying. No? Yeah, this it was actually, this is the thing. I cheated today because I was yeah. so hungry, so I ate a Snickers. Like, But it was a mini one. It was, yeah. It was mini that, that doesn't even count. Okay, that doesn't even count. Any aspect of your game and where you are just now as a person that we haven't touched on that is on your mind? I just don't want us to be limited by what I'm asking you. Um, any aspect that's changed? No, I, I think hopefully, you know, when people watch this year, I think they'll just see a little bit more grown-up Kels. And anything on your mind just that you haven't had a chance to talk about? Anything on my mind. I think people will be really excited about Chantel. I know mm -hmm. that, um, you know, she blew up last year nationally, but the overall, um, her game, that it's just transformed even more. Um, she's in great shape. She's rebounding like crazy. Um, when I tell you that she's knocking down those trail threes better than ever, she is. And so I'm just really excited for her and what she's about to do this season. Someone who has a chip on her shoulder everywhere she goes. You see UCLA get the preseason pick. Does that motivation? Um, you know what? They're a very talented team. I have friends on that team. Um, you know, I thought I thought the pick was, uh, you know, I, I think I would have picked them high. I'm, but I don't think that, uh, you know, it's over. It's a long season. Anything yeah. can happen. Who knows? Hard to bet against you, Kelsey. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so I appreciate much. it. Appreciate it. Thank you. So there you have it. That's our interview with Kelsey Plum. Terrific to talk to her as always. Want to thank you for listening to our inaugural episode of Locked On Women's Basketball. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Locked On WBB. Go ahead and like us on Facebook as well, Locked On Women's Basketball. You can reach us as always, locked at WBB at gmail.com. Uh, I'm your host, Howard Megdal. I'll be with you twice a week uh, for the foreseeable future. Really looking forward to the conversations we have in the pipeline ahead. Best of media, best of players, coaches, the movers and shakers that make women's college basketball so exciting. We'll be back with you later this week, and I'm looking forward to it. Until then, thank you, and have a lovely day.